0: Welcome to A Better Way Podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way.
1: Welcome back to another episode of A Better Way with Courtney and Danielle. We are hosting our part two of our conversation about why everyone seems miserable in their jobs right now or i'm just miserable in general um but we're going to like pivot a little bit and talk about how people who own their own business can take time off and still keep the train running and how corporations can make their or help their employees feel like they have the flexibility to take time off if they need to and not have that like icky environment where everyone's just working constantly and you don't feel like you can take time off. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Courtney, how's your day going?
0: It's good. Um, Danielle and I are recording this just a few days before the Christmas holiday. So I feel like the topic we're going to share is very relevant. Um, I'm feeling both like I'm ready to get checked out. And also the fact that like the to-do list is never done. And Mm -hmm. as a follow-up to the conversation, Danielle and I had last week about this topic and like why everyone hates their life right now, I'm finding it challenging on a personal level to balance like aspirationally how I hope to be a leader in some of the contractors that work with me and in the type of environment I want to create. And then also just, you know, being successful on behalf of my clients and in my own business. And so this is definitely challenging, but I think to bring it back to the, you know, kind of pick up where we left off and bring it back to the conversation we had last week, we talked about our experiences, um, in like service-based businesses and either experiences friends have had or that we've had positive and negative. And one of the things that we brought up was the fact that like certain companies seem to like have this right. And we talked about Starbucks. Um mm-hmm. there's probably other examples, but honestly that's the best one that comes to mind. And so often we see companies get it wrong. And it makes me wonder what can we learn from that? And what are people doing right? And so I don't know, Danielle, if you have any thoughts, but I just wanted to kind of chime in as part of that conversation and like pose the question at what point do we stop being a business and do we start being human? Because I think that at the core of this is there's a conflict between productivity and the needs of humans to like be nurtured or restored or, you know, take a break every once in a while. In fact, I read an article the other day that said like over 75% of employees have experienced not, I shouldn't say employees, workers. So it could be contractors. It could be entrepreneurs. It could be employees experienced burnout in 2020, which isn't surprising, but I feel like that number just goes up and up every year. And it's regardless of any pandemic, it's just our culture. And so I wonder, like, makes me wonder, like, does anybody actually have it right? Or are we all kind of doomed? I don't know. What's your experience?
1: It's a good question. So I I was thinking about this before we recorded and I wanted to share one example that I think of something that doesn't work, right? So um it's not a company that I'm at now, but I've been in the software industry for a long time now, probably almost 10 years and so I've worked for a few companies and one I was in in the past when I was actually like still, you know, early 30s Single, didn't have kids. Um, one of the things they used to always joke about was people like working bankers' hours. So it was a joke, but there was some truth to it, right? Like when people worked less or left early or whatever, like others would say, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah works bankers' hours. Like, and and they would kind of like it was a negative thing like it was a slight towards you and i think no matter how hard a culture tries to push i've also had somebody that i know who was in a company and in the in the interview process they were like yep like people work from home this is pre covid people work from home people like you can do whatever you want you don't need to come in whatever and then When she started the job, she realized like the environment did not support that. Like her coworkers, when she tried to work from home, her coworkers would be like mean to her or like make comments, you know? And I think leadership, I think there's a couple of things. I think leadership has to walk the talk, right? Like when they're kids, you have to see your boss take sick and taking time off, not, not, not emailing you, not reaching out, nothing. You have to see your boss go to their dot, you know, their daughter's dance recital and not be working. Like that has to come from above. So that employees, you can't just like say it, but then you you have to model the behavior yourself. Exactly. You have to model the behavior that you want your team to see. And so even if you're a workaholic and you're single and you've got no kids and whatever, if, if you're truly trying to attract parents and, you know, people of diverse backgrounds, like you've really got to, you've got to act like that too, even though it might not be your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got to find things that you take time off for and you, you know, you've got to take a vacation maybe with your friends and you need to like, not, reach out to anyone during that time. Because I think leadership doesn't always do a great job of modeling that behavior. And then for better or for worse, the employees do the same thing. And then you've got an environment where even somebody who has good boundaries Not, not like you, Courtney, you have good boundaries, but somebody who even has good boundaries is like, okay, well, I'm having good boundaries and I'm taking care of myself. And
0: this organization makes me feel guilty for doing that. Another point about that too, is in addition to leadership modeling the behavior, I feel like they also have to protect their team in that it's one thing to model the behavior and tell your employees or your team, yes, take time off. But then if you turn around and you promise that your team will be available to a client or you promise that um, you can expect 24 hour turnaround regardless of what time of year it is or you commit to a deadline, you're saying one thing and then demonstrating another in the way that you support or don't support your team. And I find this interesting because speaking of my poor boundaries, when it comes to me, I tend to have poor boundaries. But now that I am overseeing two team members that work on my behalf, I'm much more protective. I'm like a a mama hen to them. And it's easier for me to say no to something because I know it's going to impact someone else and not myself. Now, I don't necessarily think that that's the rule. And I think that leadership is quick to say, well, I tell people they can take time when they need it, or I care about their health and their wellness, and them taking time out of work. And my boss is asking for this deadline, or this client's asking for a deadline, and they put it on their employee to say no or push back. But you need to preemptively not put your team in those situations. And I think that having had experience in working under an employer, that rarely happens. It's like the leaders put it on the team themselves to push back, but that is Mm -hmm. not often employees don't feel confident doing that. Um, and I think too, if you're an entrepreneur, part of it is thinking about how you're stepping into that leader or that CEO role for yourself, even if you're a solopreneur and remember that like at the end of the day, you do have control over that and you're training your clients or your customers to treat on how they treat you. Um, so I think that that's another really important factor in it. Um, I think too, you know, when I think back about how employers or leaders would help support like healthy boundaries, they often focus on tangibles like a yoga class or a meditation room, or I worked at an agency where they used to bring in, um, a hairdresser and a barber. And they also had someone come and tailor your clothes. And the thought was, and they would also like offer manicures and the thought was like, you're at work so much that you can get these like vital services done. And I actually thought like in retrospect, that's horrible. Like that's not promoting like good morale. It's not promoting, um, work-life balance. It's expecting you to be tied to work all of the time. Um, and so I think those types of things can get really tricky and send the wrong message to people. Um, and that leads to frustration and like despair for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that that's absolutely true. I don't think people want to get their nails done at work. I right. think people want the flexibility to be, um, like to be able to go do that on their own. They don't decide. I think there's a tone of like, I'm deciding for you what I think you may need, and that's to stay at work and get your nails done here. And (laughs) instead of like me giving you the flexibility to do whatever you need to do for your life.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. Giving people the autonomy to figure out what's going to fuel them so that they can show up the best every day, not these cookie cutter solutions that you think, oh, well, I invested X thousands of dollars in this. My employees should be grateful or happy. And I think the same goes for people who are building businesses. It's like, you can do as much to model the behavior to protect your team, but then you also need to give each individual the autonomy to determine how they can best show up. So you set your expectations and then give them leeway and then let them figure out what works best for them. Cause even within like the two teammates that I have, they're different. And I'm pretty sure that what their needs are, are different based on Mm -hmm you know both of them have kids but of different ages and different number and they live in different parts of the country and they have different background and experience and so i think that that all plays into it and it's no surprise then that the larger the company okay i'm going to make a generalization but the larger the company is the harder it is for them to support their employees because they try a one size fits all approach in order mm-hmm. to control output as opposed to allowing people to take care of themselves so that the input is as quality as possible. Um, and to be honest, I just think that so many in myself included, like it's really easy for me to focus on like everything that needs to get done. For example, one of my clients, we have a huge campaign launching on January 1st, horrible timing. Um, cause we've been working on it all through Thanksgiving and all through Christmas, but it was just very relevant for, um, you know, the landscape and, um, the environment for when we needed to launch this. So didn't have that much control over the timing, Um, but I'm very anxious, making sure everything's right and wrapped up and also wanting my team to have time off the way I'm looking at it though, is that if I only focus on that one, one deadline and I push everyone and I really like, like crack the whip and say like, this all needs to get done and get done. Perfect. And we need to get it done by this time. That's for short-term gain. but then what's the long-term repercussions of it. And I think that a lot of people focus on the short-term gain in terms of, deliverables or financials as opposed to the long-term gain, which is really where businesses of any size win. And that's where I think you need to shift your mindset of, okay, if I force someone to do this now, what's the cumulative effect over time? Probably going to be negative and you're going to be at a net loss. Then you would be getting ahead if you support people bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I think I think people just need to feel like I don't know there's so I mean there's so many things swirling in my mind there's like the whole like do we need to go back into the office does it make people more productive some people say yes a lot of people say no and I think there's a there's a world in which we just become really flexible like things that have to get done get done and things that are not time sensitive get done when they get done. Mm -hmm. Um and you, you don't really worry about it. Like as long as it's not like egregious, right? Like you could set like some guardrails, but I think um I think like letting people get done non non urgent work when they need to get when they can get it done is something. I also think, and I just had this thought in my head and now I'm like, I was like pausing there because I had it in my head and now I'm losing it. But, um, oh, I know what I was going to say for people, like for people who are still in corporate careers. I think one thing that companies can be mindful of is like how many internal meetings there are because if there's a lot of internal meetings during the day, that means that you don't have a lot of time to do your like your actual work, mm-hmm. which means that you would be doing it out of work hours, and so like I think it's little things like that where companies just have to be mindful of those little things. Like they have to think about the the implications of like the decisions that they're making or the culture that they have, and I think that's one that like often gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Like okay, like do we have meetings all day? Like are people in back to backs? Because if they're in back to back meetings all day. That means they're never getting done their work during work hours. They're having to do work at night.
0: Mm-hmm. It, um Josh, my husband is exactly that situation. Like he's literally on zoom calls from nine until four five 30 sometimes. And then he also though services clients and they're big bulky projects that he actually needs to be in there doing work on. And it, it's continuously impossible. And he'll have four meetings in the same week with one client. And then they're complaining that stuff's not done. And I'm like, well, if you allocated those five hours that you spent in four meetings to actually getting work done, you'd probably see a huge difference. But I also, I can't help but bring this back to just like, like qualities as a human being in that when we talk with this all originated with like the experiences we had with people in the service business. And I think that We think of people as either humans or as employees and never the same. And I don't know the way to reconcile that because even in my mind, they're kind of too distinct because they're, they're, I don't want to say serve two different purposes, but they're in two different contexts. But I do feel like our role as customers or as clients is also important in how we treat vendors, um, partners that we work with. Um, businesses that we frequent. And I say that because, so for example, um, a company that I help support their marketing we had a hugely successful Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale, but they ran out of product um, in the middle of that. And there's been a huge delay um, as everyone knows the supply chain is super backed up. And they've received different um, emails from customers that are anxious about their order. And some have been like ruthless, like so mean. Um, yeah, I can never imagine sending such a nasty gram to someone. And then others have been like really lighthearted and funny. Like people are advocating for themselves and checking in, but they're doing so in an understand, understanding way or like even like lighthearted, they'll add some like brevity to it and in, in funniness. And I'm not saying you need to go out of your way To overcompensate, but I do think that I also see people just making the experience of employees miserable. And I think it goes back to (laughs) as a society, we're all so pressured and it's such an on demand, you know, existence that we have that we expect everything to be done and done right immediately. So we don't give people, I don't know what comes first. We don't have. Leeway ourselves so we don't give other people leeway, or we think that we're just the exception to the rule. And I think that it does come back to just being a good human being because if you can be empathetic in your exchanges with other people, I think that that goes a long way, both from the impact you have as a customer, or client on a business, and then also your impact as a leader or an employee. So this is just like my public service announcement to people to be nice and be kind. Yeah. <laughs> and not be such a holes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's too yeah. many of those floating around. Be the change
1: you want to see in the world. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Everyone's on edge, and people who are being rooted to others is just not necessary.
0: Just yeah. not. I agree. I agree. Um, one other thing we didn't touch on, you're not gonna like this, but I know I like it is um Danielle doesn't really like planning or to talk about planning, but this is yeah. where planning comes in because I feel like planning gives everyone an equal part of the process. And I'm really grateful for my team that on certain clients, we've been planning like a quarter in advance. It doesn't make the work any less, but it does make it more doable and that we're not scrambling at the end. And we have a long runway to get things done. And so I think that one way leadership can support their employees or as a business owner, you can support the success of your business and your team is to be open to planning and knowing when there's a decreasing return on investment of doing something. What I mean is in my process, we plan a quarter in advance. And then once that plan is approved, we go off and start executing it. If something new comes in from a client, like a new request, we'll evaluate, does this have the opportunity for great impact or Is it an opportunity for mediocre impact? If it's mediocre, we're probably going to table it. If it's great, okay, maybe we incorporate that, but it's got to be at the expense of something else. And so it's always trade-offs too. So when you're planning, plan ahead, but then also be flexible in making trade-offs where needed. I think that that's key to just making work more doable for people and more enjoyable. And then hopefully that translates into happier service people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I don't know. I don't know what the answers are, but certainly there's a a lot to unpack
0: and for people to figure out. Not us. Right. In in normal times, I'd say at the end of this episode, like go hug a barista or like the person who made your salad or your mail carrier, but probably don't hug them. Maybe elbow bump them or just slip a card underneath their like plexiglass um, (laughs) barrier um, to let them know how much you appreciate them. I agree. Okay. Well, that is it for this episode. And we will catch you on the next episode of a better way podcast. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.